0: You're back we are back this is a little kenny wilhite special this is uh nelly st louis yes, sir. old school brought to you by the mercado certified piedmontese special ingredients and butcher shop located at 84th and havelock little nelly um but yeah we had good conversations there kenny I, the one thing that i've learned and also i was just talking to uh one of you know a former teammate about you know his son you know or whatever um and he was asking me about it I said the one thing that you they said the one thing that I've learned, especially just I guess in this realm of Nebraska high school sports say Lincoln, is that if you don't advocate for your kid, boy or girl, mm-hmm. then you did you- you have to mm-hmm. and there's a distinct difference between advocating once your kid has proven or earned it versus asking for something and demanding an easy path. Because the players that – there's never been a good player, at least in my memory, that hasn't worked at their craft, worked, dealt with adversity, and, you know, kind of paved their way. You know, I mean, that's just the way it is. Here at Nebraska, there's not have been – you know, they say, like, Mike Rozier didn't like the practice, but I guarantee Mike Rozier practiced good enough to where Coach Osmond put him out there. I can guarantee you if, if Mike Rozier was just – Cadillacing and in practice and not trying, Coach Osborne wanted to play them. I,
1: I can agree with that. I can agree. Now, totally did he practice
0: at the same rate as, like, or same speed same as, speed as whatever? But, you know, they, but that's also what made Coach Osborne a, a great coach. He knew how to get Mike ready to go. Mm-hmm. And same with Coach Solis and them. There's never been a player that's, or any sport, anybody that's ever been good. There's There's people that have been, you know, athletically gifted or have a lot of potential, but those aren't the ones you can win with.
1: Potential gets you beat.
0: That's the, all potential is my high school coaches. You ain't did nothing. You ain't did nothing. Because if they keep talking about potential, when you three or four years into a program or a like NFL team, you ain't do, you, you ain't doing nothing. Either light gonna go on or it's off, and a lot of times it's by choice. And I I feel when you think about coaching, whether you can look at here or any the good coaches. And matter of fact, I was just talking to my dad about Bill Parcells. I was just back in Minnesota. He was talking about Bill Parcells when he was a younger coach and when he would face Bill Parcells' defenses mm-hmm. and stuff. And we were talking about Nick. You were just talking about it, and he was like, those guys trusted him. And how do you get the trust? How did Bill Parcells get Lawrence Taylor that has, has said that he had trust issues with coaches, all you know what I mean, all throughout his life and, 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 you know, his best friend just died or whatever, how did he get Lawrence Taylor to trust him enough that Bill Parcells could go and challenge Lawrence Taylor to be the best of all time because he was a man of his word? And me and Kenny were talking about it. If if you're a coach and you say something to a player, or first of all, if you have a player that will advocate for himself and ask what he needs to do to start, that's a dude you need to hang your hat on. Stop running and chasing the new cars and stuff like that because they generally break down because they don't have no warranties. Break down fast. So if you get a kid that'll do that, you better live up to your word because other kids are watching. Other players are watching. If you want to lose a team overnight – it it, it was it's a two-part statement one not be a man of your word Mm -hmm. to somebody that they know deserves it or is good and and generally you'll do it multiple times and number two you don't take responsibility for it and then you don't make it right now will it take you longer to make it right sure but you want to know who did it It, it, at the big level brian kelly did it Well, at notre dame there was a at a point that he had lost his way and lost that team and lost that university whether it was how he treated players, how he treated the media, how he operated within the walls—if you knew people there—he he he, had, he started to lose. Now were they winning? Yeah, but it, but what they saw when the powers that be talked to him, they saw them, and he was inching towards the cliff. Mm-hmm. And he had an about face. And I think obviously they had the tragic accident there, you know, obviously with the with the guy in the practice. But that was a wake. Maybe that was the wake up call that he needed. But then you saw a conscious effort of him turning around. Now is he perfect? No, I think. Generally, he his foundations is where he's at, but he actually made an effort for it. Yep. He actually made an effort for it. So how is how is that tangible? Oh, he's just at Notre Dame. You and yes, they have advantages. They have more advantages at more advantages than Nebraska. They have a their own TV contract. They're independent. You can pick and choose who you want to play. And you nine times out of ten, you go into a kids kids home. You got him. Yep. Right. Okay. Well, he left Notre Dame. And then he was able to turn LSU around after losing that first game, actually, and looking horrible the first they were, couple weeks. They were looking bad, bad the first couple of weeks. To the point that they were, you know, like, hey, we need to get some of that money back. Yep. Or we'll get, we need might a be refund. Out, or he need, may be, he might out be out of it. Right? Yep. Then they started like, Ed Orgeron wasn't that bad. Nope. Right. But what did he do? He must have done something to earn their trust, right, that got them to go above and beyond.
1: Again, we, we talked about it uh, early on, not in this segment, but a while back. With the changing of staffs, yeah, he went in there probably went in there sideways and went in there the wrong way, and then figured out he went he went home, looked himself in the mirror, it ain't working. And it, what I'm trying to do ain't working. Yeah, you know, it's a different group of guys from different area in the country. Yeah, you know, yeah, you got to communicate. You got to communicate different. And there's different ways and, to do it. And there's different ways to do it.
0: There's different. I'm telling you, and Bill Bush could probably tell you, but Gabe Northern, who was I was in Buffalo with. Who I'm a good friend with now. He went to LSU, and we I used to love when his mom came because she would bring gum. I mean, she would <laughs> hey, hey. We knew we was gonna be missing weight, or we'd be in the steam room and everything to get the weight. But anyways, it's just different down there. I always say there's di- the, the, the at these type of universities: Nebraska, LSU, Texas, the ones that you 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 know that you see. Yeah, it's it's total it, different. It's different. It's and just different. You it's,
1: can't go down there with those kids from Louisiana, from New Orleans. Sharif, Baton Rouge—you you can't talk to those kids a certain kind of no. way.
0: And no, and, and first of all, the the number one thing that you need to do with any team, but especially down there, you better earn their trust. You have to. And and not only before that, you better earn the trust of the local coaches yes. and the in the in the alumni, because if you don't, that I mean that 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 connection in the New Orleans and Louisiana mm, yep. is just it's it's thick as thieves, and it ain't never gonna be broken. And so that's. You know, when you think of, you know, my dad, he obviously went to the Miami. You know, he's a hurricane. And so he talked about that. He talked about Manny Diaz. He's like, Manny really wasn't that bad. He's like, but Manny didn't connect with the coaches, high school coaches. So then he wasn't getting in with the players. He wasn't going out and to the uh, uh, satellite camps and all that stuff. Well, Cristobal is. And Cristobal is coming in there and say, look, I'm driving this bus. We getting back to what I know was going to work. If you getting in, you got a t- you got a ticket. If you got any any leeway, whether you want to do it or not, you can hit the bricks. I mean, he said, "Hey," he said, when parents were calling asking about playing time, he said, "If you got a problem with it, don't worry. Your your kid's stuff will be packed, and he will be ready for you to pick him up." He's got you got to earn your playing time. And
1: you said it, advocating for your on on break. You said advocating for your kid, your he or she. Yeah. Well, you can advocate for him, but you can't just like I said a long time ago. Parents need to stay out of the way. Right. Because the, the kids decide who plays. Right. If generally, your kids yeah. generally the kids yeah. decide who plays if you if if your kid telling you one thing, you better make sure it's the truth. Because it can if nine times out of ten is not nine, the truth. Right. Because that kid's probably not going to class. He's not he's showing up he's doing something right. that it's keeping them from getting playing time. Right.
2: And the kids know whose parents are writing the checks, whose parents are talking with the coaches right. all the time to get yeah. their kid on the field versus the ones that are actually, you know, asking like, hey, what does my kid got to yeah. do? This is what I'm hearing. Is this true? Yeah, you see and then kicking their kid in the pants when they're not doing it. Yes. Yeah,
0: You see it. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, a lot of it's like a case-by-case basis, but a lot of times, you know, and that's why you can't play these like little nursery rhyme games with kids because the the guys in the locker room, doesn't matter if it's high school. It, it really don't even matter to like youth sports. Mm-mm especially when you get of age to where I always say kid, all, every kid at a certain age starts to take score, right? They do. Who's starting? Who's mm-hmm, not? Mm-hmm. Does he really need to start? Is he really good? Is he only playing because his cousins on the team? All, all those things that probably were cool in second, third, fourth grade, fifth grade. How did he make this ter- type of team? You know, you know, all that stuff. So if you, if you're up there playing like what, well, like college, doing those i call them nursery run get these little like play date games oh that's you're gonna lose that locker room yep now there is some cases like they were talking about um uh, the, uh van noose from uh, uh iowa right um the the de- defensive tackle that's probably gonna go top 15 um that wasn't starting at iowa and, it, and what they said was iowa generally will not start underclassmen and he's a sophomore now granted he's genetic freak six five two seventy five he's got abs and all this other stuff he just ran a four six four forty all that other stuff but he he came out early sophomore from iowa well you know the dynamics of it it isn't because he's not a good kid it isn't because he's not going to class it's just the way iowa does stuff so you so that's a that's a small percentage of it or if you or if you know it's no different I'll, i'll say this and you know i won't generally don't speak for jason but you know Jason started, uh, so I was a redshirt freshman. Jason was a redshirt sophomore. Jason was probably good enough to start as a redshirt freshman, but he had to rotate. Terry Keneally and all those guys were there, so that's the way it goes. Now Jason ended up being a top twelve pick, but at the end, but ter- but the di- Terry Keneally was still a real deal player. Same oh, yeah. with Christian. So in that case, you understand why you, you know you're not playing. But there's a lot of times if you if you got some guys playing or girls playing. You'll lose a team because you won't have respect because you'll, a player will look – what these players can do better than I would say me and Kenny were able to do is if they can act – they can kind of fake it like they're listening to you and you let letting you coach you. But in their mind, they don't trust you. You know no, what I'm saying? Not one bit. Yeah, because, they, because the reason why they don't trust you because Austin has earned it, he's good enough, but then you're giving, you know, X person – the, you know, if you're if you're saying it don't matter where you're from, scholarship or not, best guy is going to play because we got to do what's going to win. Best guy is a walk-on from, you know, Louisville, Kentucky. And, you you know, you got this guy you're trying to force down the throat. throat well, then how am I going to trust you? Because if I'm working as hard as him and he ain't playing and he's producing, well, then what happens when it's my turn? And it might not even be his position, you know, the same position. Kenny might be playing DB and you might be tight end. So you gotta be you my know, end would be very tight on a college football field. Yeah. Let <laughs>
2: <Don't laughs> me tell you that much.
0: So you gotta be above board on all and that's, and that's so huge in coaching.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, again, back when I switched positions from offense to defense at Nebraska, I was behind two seniors, Curtis Cotton and Tyrone Leggett. Right, so I'm learning from them, learning what not to do, so Coach D won't be talking to, me crazy, talking to right? me crazy. Yeah. Third game in. I get approached, hey, you're playing the best. You want to start. I'm like, no. Let's let me continue to develop behind these two. Right. I'm I'm a be now, was did I think I was better than one of them? Probably.
0: Sure.
1: But in my mind, I'm three games into right playing defensive back. Let me continue to develop right. and learn behind these two guys. So I was different thinking. Right. Now you get some guys that they were like, like yeah. Yeah, let me let me get that. Right. But then they go out there and lay an egg. Lay then, an egg,
0: and then but then they still want to be grandfather. they still the want to be grandfather in the
1: starting.
2: it's that athletic arrogance where you have to tell yourself and believe that you're the best guy out there, you're the baddest dude out there, but also combine it with that humility? Like you said, your third game in, you know, you've done your job, you're playing well, you you know you have that belief that you're the best dude out there, but to still have that humility and no, I still got more to do. Yeah, that's rare.
1: Yeah, so I mean, again, you got freshmen coming in thinking they're better than guys that have done it done paid their dues right. and so you know i'm like bro you're not ready yet
0: yeah you ain't i mean that's a, that's all i mean they think that whether they're going into high school and all this other stuff is it's just different just because you go to a nebraska which you've been losing doesn't mean you're just gonna just roll out here and then you're gonna be doing the same thing you did on the seven field these dudes bite back bite
1: back and when they bite they bite
0: yeah and it, and it might be they just in a bad – it might not even be players. They might just not have the, the right staff or structure or the, the athletic the department that's kind of focused on winning. You might just got – you just bad timing. Yep. I mean, look, at look. we could have the – you talked about the 92 class. 92, 93, 94, let's even say 95 class. All those classes could have still came to Nebraska. Coach Osborne couldn't, wasn't here. Coach McBride wasn't here. Or one of them wasn't here. Or Coach Solis took that job in Minnesota. We might not be national champions. And have all that talent, you know. Now will we be? Will, we probably we if we had two of the three coaches, will we be out here be going four and eight? No. But what I'm saying is, to go three or four years without losing, and if we th- win three out of four years and as a champion, that might not happen.
2: Was so much offered the Minnesota job?
0: Yeah, I think he was. See, I didn't know this. I, I didn't know I didn't notice that he That's was a, news to me. I yeah, didn't know. Yeah, he was that. offered a Minnesota job. He turned it down and then it was like, All right, I, since I turned it down, I'm the next Nebraska coach.
1: Really?
2: Did yeah. he turn it down because he knew he was gonna take over for T O? Did he have a sense I of it? I
0: think That was it. Because hmm. remember everybody thought T O was sick, he really won. Mm-hmm. But but T O had told me he was gonna be here five years and he wasn't. I'm gonna have to tell him, I'm gonna tighten <laughs> him up like that, man. But <laughs> I think I think I, mean,
1: I, was I think Frank probably knew. Yeah, I mean if I leave. And go there and not have any success? Would I would I be able to get this job in two or three years if Coach Osborne retired? Probably not.
0: And why would at that point? Why would you even take the Minnesota job? That was a cesspool, and that was a horrible program. He did it right. He was successful here. Um, when you look back at his win loss record, he only had that one bad year, and then he goes to Ohio, and, he, and he had, they have a statue of him, or it should be. Oh, he, will, mean, get, he yeah, will. He get will get one. I mean, and he so, will get and, one. And that was a big risk right there. Nobody wanted that job.
2: Did you consider Minnesota?
0: No, no. You know, like uh, that dude, uh, what's his name, Kevin Sumlin? So Jim Wacker was the dude. Jim Wacker took over <laughs> f- from Minnesota. So Lou Holtz was there, had a good year. He left in the middle of the night, went to Notre Dame, and then they, and this is back, Minnesota football was like, nobody wanted to, I mean, that was kind of like, you get a scholarship there, it's like, all right, you know. But, so at first, them cats wasn't offering me, right? Because uh, I didn't do any camps or anything. I was playing basketball all summer and uh, I don't know, went to – you know, they hired Jim Wacker, and his big deal was he wanted to – you know, he came from TCU, and he wanted to get all kids from Texas.
2: Up, up to Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah.
0: Well, that's where he came from, TCU. And he, 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 Hold on. Reminds me of something. Hold on. <laughs> Straight up. He, so, Jim Wacker – and uh, how much time we got? This is a funny story. So,
2: he can take 25 like normal.
0: So, he, he, he wanted to bring up all these kids from Texas. So, I got back from AU Nationals, and they've been calling my high school coach we need to see Jay at a camp. I was like, did you not see this tape? Like, what's up? <laughs> so we, I get off the plane from Arizona, playing like five or six games. We lost in the semifinals. And you get there and, um, you know, go through the camp, got off, ran a 40. I don't know. I think I ran like a four set. I didn't even run it hard. You know, I was just jet lag. I was kind of just going through the motion. I didn't realize how important it was because, mm-hmm. I guess you know, coming from Texas, they was already ahead of doing all that oh, type yeah. of stuff. Oh, yeah. So, they were kind of slow playing me a little bit. I was like, oh, okay. Okay. So, then, you know, went out and did my thing. And then once, they, you know, Michigan State, you know, Nick Nick Saban was offering me and all that, then they tried to come back. I was like, nah. Okay. And I would have actually might have went there, though. Because really? I was thinking about, you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about, you know what, I'm going to come on this program. I'm going to turn this whole bad boy around. And I'm going to bring all my boys with me. And now everybody, you know, that's me thinking. Like, I'm going to go in, start, you know, do everything, you know, or whatever um so it was kevin sumlin you know and i didn't even notice my dad he was a wide receiver coach sumlin was yeah every, every, at a, minnesota yeah wow and then uh but i guess he ran into my dad or something my dad just gave him the business <laughs> like because i guess he was like man right now we we probably asked him to walk on he was like walk on he's like miami hurricanes just offered him what, what you talking about walking on he said he's gonna walk all over you right so, Jim Wacker, then, they, you know, by then they, they lost me, and then I also ended up starting, start winning national championships. So, they're running big stuff back home. So, we playing up in Washington. when, when This is when I'm a junior. When you go to Seattle. Yeah, I go to Seattle. Mm-hmm. So, by that time, Jim Wacker already got fired, right? And I guess so. Fi- I guess finally, he finally was in a staff meeting. He was like, look, I need to cut out get out and say, look. Because people were just giving him a bit, like, you know, why you ain't offered J-4 and this, this, and this. He finally said, you know what, I messed up, you know.
1: Takes I, a man to admit it,
0: but I took it personal though. You're supposed to, yeah. So, Same way
1: when we when we played Mizzou.
0: So so, but he was doing he was calling the game, so he got fired in Minnesota. He's doing the games, oh, like calling the games. Really? Yeah. So we up in Seattle. You know how we had to walk through. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, so we come out the stadium, and I seen him. You know when we over like you know we probably walk, you know walked and walk through, and I was I gave him I, m and F this this, this <laughs> and I said watch tomorrow. That's a watch tomorrow. That's what you told. Oh yeah. And then went out and did my thing or whatever. But, yeah, that's it. It's, you know. But that, that, that whole Texas thing. Now, they got a couple of players. They got Chris Darkins out of there and, them, you know, some slappy named Jack Brewer who's, 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 who's you know, a whack job right now. Um, got him out of there. Got some, you know. I mean, he recruited Minnesota kids. But I think – but I will tell you this to his – what he was thinking to get the kids out of Texas to turn the program around quicker. But what he didn't realize was the kids that he was getting out of Texas. First of all, you came from TCU at that time, which I don't think was very good. At no, TCU right now, no. so you're getting lower in. end Texas kids to come up there, and they and they weren't getting acclimated. So a lot of them, the retention rate wasn't very yep. good. Um, Sounds familiar because the Big Ten, you know, at that point in time, I think TCU was in the Southwest uh, Athletic so, Conference. Mm-hmm so their academic standards were lower than the Big 10 even then so that hurt as well and the you know and then Minnesota Gophers didn't really have a good good academic support not like Nebraska mm-hmm. you got to think we didn't they didn't have prop 48 or nothing like that you know so they were starting to lose a lot of kids and that really hurt the program and then obviously a couple guys later came in like Glenn Mason came in he recruited a lot of like Midwest kids and that's where you saw you know the Marion Barbers uh Lawrence Maroney who's from St. Louis, Louis. And he would go down to places like and get them running and get them and they end up being a first round pick. And uh, you know both barbers and all they start dip but then he started turning out NFL players mm-hmm. left and right. Then he'd go into Florida, got the Tyrone Carter's and all them. Then it was like they They'll were still one out of there, right? Right. So, but it was all connections based on Midwest. Yep. Because it was you know a lot of you know and then he worked some JUCO stuff. So, you know, I think there's different ways to skin a cat. I think that you know where, where we're at right now is just going to be. Um, how well this team, these players on this team, gel, and um, you know, take to the new coaching staff. Because ultimately, they, you know, you can point at Matt Rule and say he needs to do it, but ultimately, he's going to do his job to the best of what he thinks his ability is. And every coach is, yes. Ultimately, those players have to do what's asked of them, and then more, and then have to go out there and execute, because. Not making. I'm I'm a firm believer. You, the, the roster's not the best. Mm-mm. I was looking at the schedule again. The schedule, is, in my opinion, is easy because I think you you play like every game at home except like two in the first like eight or ten games, right? I think the schedule is a little easier considering that the dynamics of the Big Ten West. So I think six games should you know wouldn't won't be easy, but I think we should be able to manufacture it. But ultimately, these players have got to go out there and get it done. Yep. You have got to be tired of you got to be tired of tired of getting your butt kicked,
1: sick and tired of being sick and tired
0: of losing, of losing. Ricky Foggy, Ricky Foggy,
1: that's my dude. Yeah, we played together in Canada.
0: Yeah, I mean he was cold blooded. Cold blooded. So that's what yeah, Minnesota. yeah Yep. Little Hope. Yep. Yep. Ricky Foggy was cold. He's still up in Minneapolis. Yep. My See God. that in Austin? It, it, I'm telling you, man. It was. It it was – I mean, I think it's – I don't want to say it's easy, but, you know, you got to change some things. But I think generally when you – hopefully – and I said this last year that I felt like the younger guys that were were older guys last year but then, you know, younger guys from two years ago were waiting to be led and ready to go. So I think that that's why I think that you saw the turnaround with Mickey and Kenny and those guys on the staff. I think they were all there for the right reasons and wanted to win and be part of it. So, that's why I think this team should be, you know, obviously we are not going to, like, national championship, but I think um, definitely should be at a bowl game. Well, let's that, hit the break and come back. Yeah, hit a break. We got one more then. got be- out. Oh, you out right yeah. now? All right, Kenny. You going to watch some hoops? No. All right.
2: <laughs> special occasion. Special
0: okay. occasion. Okay. All right. Well, special occasion then. Kenny's out. Jay Foreman's in. We got one more segment. Then we're going to hit the high school hoops. We'll be right back.